Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hello, ladies. Dr. Fiona Lovely here. It's a new year, the year of 2020, uh, the year of us seeing clearly. I think it's... uh, It's a year of of great importance for us as uh, human beings as we evolve. So um, it's been a bit of a bumpy ride so far, but just hang on. I think the transformation is coming. So just to remind you, I have an active Facebook page um, for the times where I'm not able to uh, do the podcast recordings. I do try to do videos and and, um, leave posts for you guys there. It's at Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast when you get into Facebook. So um, I guess another way to say that would be facebook.com slash not at not your mother's menopause podcast.com. Gosh, I hope I said that right. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> tech not really my thing. Okay, this is episode 65, if you can believe it. And today I'm talking about anemia, uh, which is an imbalance of the iron systems in the body. And um, turns out there's a lot of factors involved in this, which is why it can be really misdiagnosed or um, I don't want to say misunderstood because it's a very common thing, but quite often we don't know to look for it um, or we don't think it could be possibly us that has it or our doctors are, are looking at just a couple of factors in the blood testing instead of um, all of the factors that need to be looked at. Uh, So, onward we go. Let's talk about iron deficiency anemia. So, it turns out that a third of the global population, some 2 billion people, have what's called iron deficiency anemia. Now, this tends to be most commonly women, especially at perimenopause, because we have a high iron demand. Because of our menstruation, we can become heavy bleeders. Uh, during those um, perimenopausal years, which of course is not uh, something that has to absolutely happen at perimenopause, but that's a, a very common way, way for and place for it to happen. But also vegetarians and vegans uh, tend to have low iron because non-animal product or plant-based iron is not absorbed as easily, so you have to eat uh, many more um Uh, sources of it and you have to eat more of it so uh, let's see if I can bring some light to the to these bits of information now I did talk about women in perimenopause Um, iron deficiency anemia in men is very uncommon Uh, men tend to have too much iron um, because of course they don't have a monthly bleed to get rid of the excess right so um, interestingly enough the way you treat that is to do to donate blood uh, for men when they have high levels of iron, which is detrimental, just as low uh, levels of iron is. Uh, but also, if men have iron deficiency anemia, you have to wonder why and look for things like celiac Crohn's, Crohn's disease or potentially abuse of alcohol, uh, having booze instead of food. 
So um, iron in the body produces your red blood cells. It makes hemoglobin, which carries oxygen to the tissues. And it also makes myoglobin, which is um, basically the oxygen stores in the muscles that allow them to do their work. Um, We have need for iron both in our immune system, um, immune function requires iron, and also the DNA synthesis uh, in our genetic makeup requires iron to um, to be completed. So the brain has high oxygen needs as well. And if you are anemic, uh, this depletes the brain of oxygen and something we call hypoxia, which is very common in in folks that are brain injured. Um, Also, you just simply cannot, if you're anemic, you cannot carry enough oxygen to the brain to, to give it the stores it wishes to have, so, or requires. So very, very common. We get iron from animal products, organ meats, and shellfish. That is our uh, traditional diet dietary sources, but we can have difficulties with absorption of those uh, iron resources because of some very, very common things. Uh, First is stress, uh, low stomach acid. So if you have uh, chronic dehydration, Um, you will be low stomach acid if you take a proton pump inhibitor. So that is the um, drug class that ends in SEC. Um, If you take a look at your uh, prescription medication, and that's often prescribed for people that have acid reflux or heartburn, uh, or uh, there's a few different reasons why, but it's a very, very commonly prescribed medication. And unfortunately, it can be implicated a lot of the time in low iron absorption. So uh, you can also have low absorption from an autoimmune disease diagnosis like celiac, like Crohn's, or even a hormonal imbalance can cause you to have a low absorption of the iron that you are taking in. So basically, there's three things to look at is what is the causative factor of the anemia? Uh, Then we look at the diet and the supplements uh, uh, that are necessary to replenish those iron stores. And then we look at the absorption picture, like how do we get you absorbing more iron? And I'm going to talk about the actual where the rubber meets the road. This is how you get it done stuff here a little bit later on, just giving you some information to go here. So as I said, quite often, because there's multi-factors in, or multiple factors in the absorption of iron and how it gets used in the body, um, there's a number of things that you are to test if you're looking at the blood values properly. And quite often they get missed when they're looked at. So the first thing that will go low is something we call ferritin. And this, when the ferritin goes low, then the iron stores will go low. That's the second thing. The other things you want to look at on a blood test is transferritin, uh, total iron binding capacity, or TIBC, hemoglobin, transferritin saturation, RDW, unsaturated iron binding capacity, and soluble transferrin receptor. So some of those things are really kind of um, off the radar of many traditional uh, practitioners who are using uh, serum testing for these sorts of things, but uh, hopefully I said it in such a way that you were able to write it down and take it to your doctor in order to have these things tested. So um, your 
recommended daily allowance for iron changes depending on what stage of life you're in. If you are a woman menstruating, you need 8 to 18 milligrams per day. Your need for iron goes up significantly when you are pregnant. So you go up to 27 milligrams a day, making another human being requires a lot of iron, it turns out. And then once you are done menstruating, assuming that you have not built up a an anemia when you come to menopause, you'll require 8 milligrams after menopause per day. So that's the amount of iron required per day in order to keep your body functioning well. Now, typically those are food sources, but when anemia is present, then you must supplement to restore. Okay, so a good... Um, indicator that anemia or iron deficiency anemia or an iron imbalance is a problem for you is that you can have symptoms that include fatigue is the most common one by far. And, you know, the thing about fatigue is it's really hard that, I mean, who, who isn't fatigued, right? So there's so many reasons that you can have that fatigue. Um, that's just, anemia is kind of the the easy, the low-hanging fruit when a woman is fatigued in perimenopause. But, you know, again, hormonal imbalance goes along with anemia. Okay, fast heart rate, palpitations of the heart, rapid breathing on exertion. So feeling like you just have this breath hunger, like you can't catch your breath, especially when you've uh, done some sort of um, exercise. Restless leg syndrome, infections, definitely. um, If you've got multiple infections, then chances are you may have not enough iron um, available in the blood for your body to use it. Uh, Poor cognitive function, difficulties with temperature regulation. Of course, you've heard me talk about that one with thyroid. So um, there's some nuances here. So having a complete testing picture is really important. Uh, Brittle nails, sores at the corners of the mouth, which are also common with um, B vitamin deficiencies, sore tongue, and the ability to taste food. Those are all signs that you may be anemic and you need to have your blood tested. So what are the best food sources for iron? Here we go. There's two different kinds. There's the heme iron, H-E-M-E, which is iron that comes from an animal source. And there's non-heme iron, which is vegetarian. Now, heme iron is far more readily absorbed than non-heme or vegetarian uh, sourced iron. So if you are consuming vegetarian source iron, you need to eat more and many sources. And we have some other tricks that you can use to get more absorption, which I will talk about in a moment here. So the heme iron, uh, the, the, the most absorbable forms of iron, number one is clams. Number two is oysters. So shellfish is a really big source of iron, it turns out. Even better than, let's say, organ meats, which you would typically have heard, potentially, that is a really good source of iron. It's true. So like the third on the list is chicken liver, even above beef liver. Isn't that fascinating? So chicken liver pate, why not, right? Make make livers uh, yummy. Octopus is also a really good source of heme iron. So good sources of non-heme or vegetarian iron would be thyme, 
parsley, pumpkin and sesame seeds, sun-dried tomatoes, baked potatoes, corella, and spirulina. So um, something to think about if you're consuming vegetarian source iron, you may have heard that things like spinach and beet greens and other dark green leafies have uh, are a good source of iron. They do have iron in them, but because they're high in oxalates, that will actually block iron absorption. So eat them for a lot of reasons, but they can just be one source for iron, but you need to get more sources as well. Okay, so here's how you find the cause, do the diet and supplementation, increase absorption. Number one, get tested properly. Um, I've given you the list of um, items to have tested uh, to get a complete picture of what's happening with the iron in your body. That's ferritin, transferritin, iron, TIBC, hemoglobin, transferritin saturation, unsaturated iron binding capacity, RDW, and soluble transferrin receptor. So if your GP or your MD is resistant to test those, you may want to find yourself a functional medicine practitioner if you feel like you need to have these addressed. Certainly eat a diet rich in heme iron. You can cook in cast iron cookware because the iron from the cookware does translate to the food. And also cast iron is, uh, is um, an excellent way to, I mean, it's a great way to cook. It makes really um, that wonderful crust on the outside of whatever you're cooking. Um, so if you haven't heard me talk about the iron fish or you haven't heard about it, because there are so many people on the planet that have iron deficiency anemia, uh, somebody that is genius came up with this um, in the same spirit of using cast iron to cook in. It's a piece of iron in the shape of a fish that you're to drop in your water bottle and it translates iron into the water. Again, it's many and more uh, sources of iron, especially if you're vegetarian or vegan. Uh, you can buy them on Amazon. They're fairly inexpensive. I think about $10 maybe. Um, but there's several different ways that you can use that to get more iron into your diet. It's called an iron fish. Okay, hydrochloric acid betaine supplement. So that is the natural acid that's in your stomach, and it's part of the reason it's there. It's got a lot of different... Um, um, important functions, but part of the reason it's there is to actually help you break down and absorb things like iron. Now, this is the that hydrochloric acid is the thing that is reduced in somebody that has um, a proton pump inhibitor prescription. So, uh, if you are taking a PPI. Ask your prescribing physician if it's okay for you to take an HCL supplement, which you can get at any health food store, uh, along with your iron supplement so that um, you have better absorption, okay? So if not, HCL supplementation with your iron supplement when you've discovered you're anemic, okay? Not necessary to take an iron supplement every day if you are getting enough in a food source unless you have been shown to be anemic. And here's the thing, it takes time to replenish those iron stores like a year or more. So by the time it shows up as low in the blood, you have really depleted your resources. So it's going to take time. You're in for the long haul. Get a heme iron supplement that 
you can take. The nice thing about the heme irons is that they don't make you constipated, which is a very common side effect of a non-heme iron supplement. Uh, but all these other tricks will help with that as well, okay? So uh, hydrochloric acid supplementation with your iron supplement, take it away from other supplements and prescription medication because those other things can block iron absorption. So I do this now. I'm repairing my own anemia. I have been for the last year plus. I'm no longer anemic, but still low iron, so I continue to supplement. So I take the iron supplement along with the HCL supplement with a meal because uh, the HCL helps me digest my food. So why not, right? Okay, there are things that prevent the absorption of the iron supplement that you're taking to replenish those stores. And they are uh, something to pay attention to. Don't take these foods when you're taking your iron supplement, okay? So tea and coffee, dairy products, supplemental fiber, calcium supplementation, and zinc supplementation will affect the absorption of your iron. So if you take any of that, take it away from your iron supplement. Okay, and finally, something you can do to increase your iron absorption or foods that increase iron absorption are vitamin C, which you can take 100 to 300 milligrams with the meal that you take your iron supplement at, alcohol, believe it or not. So if you tolerate alcohol well, this would be a good time to have a glass of wine with the meal that you have your iron supplement with. And sugar in their natural forms, honey, Blackstrap molasses and fruit will all actually also help with iron absorption. Whew, that's a lot of information. Kind of a big data dump on you today, but I've learned a lot in my own experience with this in the last year. So I thought, why not share it? Because I've also learned that there are a lot of women who have an iron deficiency anemia or iron imbalance that are that's not being addressed. And, um, you know, it's a... A simple enough thing to fix, and uh, you can go down the rabbit hole of a whole lot of other issues, you know, heart and brain and temperature regulation, but maybe it's just iron deficiency anemia. So I hope there's helpful information for you there. As always, please check out the Facebook page. I'm there a lot more frequently than I am with the podcast, just because it's easy for me to do while I'm sitting at my desk at the office. So uh, you can contact me there if you have any questions or comments. I love bringing new information to you. So uh, until next time, uh, be well. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.